Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Monsters Who Murder. Serial Killer Confessions. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Monsters Who Murder. As usual, we're joined by the serial killer whisperer, the one and only Amanda Howard. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Robert. I love doing these on a Sunday morning. We're both sort of sober and... (laughs) Well, one of us is. Oh, yeah, who's that? Uh, certainly me. <laughs> no, me too. I haven't oh, been wow. drinking. Oh, well done. Yeah, not for any particular reason. I just thought uh, even though you drive me to drink, I thought I'd take a break. <laughs> you got to prep yourself for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's not a big thing. I still have the occasional drink and everything like that. I'm just um, not going as big as we might have gone in some of our Patreon group chats. Yeah. <laughs> So was there Thirsty Thursday on um on Tipsy B- Thursday? Tipsy yeah, Thursday? but I was yeah. just on the Coca Cola. Oh well, done. haven't made a big deal of it. Just been no, quietly no. doing it. And... No, I'm sorry if I've made a big deal about it now, but I'm proud of you. Yeah, well, you have, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we share on this podcast. We That's do, what we, we do. do. Yeah. Um, look, today's is a very big episode. There's a lot to dissect, so there won't be a news section today. So let's get into it. Munchausen's by proxy, or as it is known by its current medical term, factitious disorder imposed on another, FDIA, is a style of abuse where a caregiver, usually a mother, injures or poisons a child to gain sympathy and or attention. The cases are sometimes only discovered after a child has died for the ongoing suffering or a criminal case is unearthed and the caregiver arrested for the torture that they have inflicted on their child. This case is different. This case sits in recent history as a beacon to what might occur if that abuse and torture goes unnoticed for almost two decades. This is the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the murder of her mother and tormentor, Dee Dee. But that's only part of the story. Amanda, this is an extremely complex case, so where do we begin? Um, well, where this case starts and where this case was going when I first started to uh, script this um, is two totally different places. So what we're going to do here is just focus on Gypsy and her co-conspirators, um, Nick's uh, interviews with the police because we're going to learn a lot that way from the case and I know right. there's been films and docos about this case out there, but without looking at these police interviews... They all give this different um, perspective. So we're actually coming at this at an entirely different way than most people would expect and what we are actually doing, Um, you know, because this is a case that um, most of the world actually knows about because it it was so um, 
fantastical when it came out, but um, everyone's been left like confused and angry and just absolutely fascinated by the case. But when you dig down to what we're about to do in here, you're going to actually start to question all the stories that that have been going on. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, to give a little background on the case, the body of Claudine D.D. Blanchard was found murdered in her Missouri home on June 14, 2015. She'd been stabbed to death and had died several days before she was found. Police had gone to the home following several strange Facebook posts on D.D.'s Facebook page. Police, not finding Gypsy Rose, D.D.'s mentally and physically handicapped daughter, they feared she might have been kidnapped. The day after the discovery of DD's body, Gypsy Rose was found in the company of her online boyfriend, Nick Godajon. She confessed to not having any of the disabilities her mother had claimed that she had, and in particular, she could walk. Gypsy and Nick were returned to Missouri, where they were interviewed by police. Amanda, explain what we first see when we're introduced to Gypsy Rose in the interrogation room. Well, um, it's quite interesting because the the tape of this actually goes for 12 hours, though the actual interview part is only two hours of that. Um, What we see is it's the evening before. Um, She's sitting on a a long settee lounge. She's she's quite thin and small for her age. She has um, short, cropped, dark hair. Um, How old is she? uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So let's say she's uh, she looks about 13 or 14. She's in her 20s. Um, but she sort of sits and plays with this sparkly fish cushion that she had and she's actually um, wrapped herself in a blanket and she spends a lot of time um, sitting on this lounge with a police officer sitting outside her her, um, her interview room. Some officers do arrive and they take her from the interview room to the hospital to have her checked over and to go through the medications that, that she had with her and what she was meant to take. Right. Um, they say, look, well, we're going to have to chain you up for this, you know, um, waist wrist and ankle irons and she's yeah she's fine with that everyone she comes in contact with she calls sir and her voice is childlike like we've seen um in several other females being interviewed um her movements uh when she stands are actually quite stiff and irregular so she doesn't sort of walk like a normal person because we know that she has been in a wheelchair for many many years um but she doesn't always use it because when she was at home and no one was around she would be walking fine um but those first few hours she spends overnight and there's an officer that sits outside the room and chats to her for that whole night. And that goes for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours that, that I watched with nothing really happening. Hmm. Um, but she but she chats to them quite openly and talks about going to Disneyland and things like this and, and how um, Ham's First Humanity or whatever they're called build them a house and all of this sort of stuff. And she is really quite chatty and friendly and um, is very much talking in a way to please the officer but... The way that she talks to these officers was worth watching purely because when the interviewer comes into the room and talks to her, that it shuts down and goes in a very different way to what the previous officers had done overnight chatting to her. So mm. it, it's it's worth seeing that just for that. Well, as Amanda said, it was in the morning Detective Hancock entered the room and introduced himself. Hey, Gypsy, is this Stan? Hi, Gypsy. What you guys want? I'm Detective Hancock. I'm from the County Sheriff's Office. How are you today? Good. Doing all right? Good. Good. Well, Gypsy, I'm here and I'm going to get a little bit of information from you. So, um, since this is the first time I've ever met you, okay? So, um, what is the correct spelling of your first name? It's G Y P S Y R 
O-S-E. And my middle initial is A. Okay. And my last name is B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. B-L-A-N-C-H-A. B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. Blanchard. Blanchard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Alright. And your date of birth, Gypsy? It's 7-27-1995. Um, here they have, um, okay. I mean, one because, um, let me just a long story back. Okay. Sure. Um, me and my mother are Hurricane Katrina survivors. Okay. And, um, my birth certificate was washed away in Katrina. Okay. And, um, unfortunately, uh, they messed up a long time when they messed up the paperwork and it said 1991, but it's actually 95. Okay. And that puts you at how old then? Um, I would be a really 19, but on here it's my um, Medicaid. My medical insurance has 23. Okay. All right. So how old actually are you? Let's get that 19. Okay. She certainly sounds young, Amanda. You already said she looked like a 13-year-old, but sounds like she's in her 20s. But What's the correct thing here? Was she born in 95, as she claims, or was she born in 91? See, it's amazing how even when she starts there, she has a story for it. So she claims that she'd been told her entire life that she was born in 95, and sometimes there's other years. But according to her father, she was born in 1991. So she's four years older than she actually believes. Now, when I wrote this... I was on her side and thinking, no, she doesn't really know, and, and, and this poor girl is four years older than she thinks she is, but we will get to that as well. So um, so we just have to then start wondering how deep is she entrenched in her mother's lies as part of this Munchausen's by proxy? You know, does she not know that she's 23? Um, but we're going to see this time and again that she's actually going to play on this and, oh, you know, the, the, the lies seem innocent, oh, that they messed up and, you know, this card says this and my birth certificate says that, but but it got washed away in Hurricane Katrina and all of this sort of stuff. Um, but it just shows that this actually lays that solid foundation of, of the abuse that she suffered and that she was part of that. Yes, she is a victim of Munchausen's by proxy, but there's more to it than, than this. Mm. So when did the abuse actually start? Um, well, she it started when she was about three months old. Dee Dee was concerned that she had a sleeping disorder and began having lots of tests done on Gypsy Rose at various hospitals. So, you know, when one would say she's a baby, she's three months old, this is what they do, she would go to have the next doctor until someone would do something. And this would perpetuate throughout her entire life that if one doctor said no or there's nothing wrong with her, she would go to other doctors and they would um, move cities and towns and locations purely so then all of these records would be lost and um I can actually vouch that that people go to doctors and say, oh, well, I've seen these th- these people and they said I've got this and they've said I've got that and they've said I've got this and the GP writes that down and then that becomes part of that patient's medical history. Yes. Even if it's not true. Now, see, that's fascinating mm-hmm. because there's no checks and balances. But anyway, not- let, let's not focus on that for the moment because Detective Hancock, after a few pleasantries, gets to the reason why they're there. Well, Gypsy, um, we are here investigating something, so I do need to talk with you about some things, okay? Um, I'm, I'm thankful because I have no idea why I'm here. Okay. Nobody will tell me anything. Yeah, that's that's fine. And that's, that's kind of why we're here to kind of help you out with that, okay? So, um, I am going 
material, but just read Miranda to share real quick, okay? And as I'm reading this, I just, if you don't understand something, I want you to stop me and say that you don't understand, okay? It's not being rude, it's not implied or anything, okay? And just let me know. Um, what, uh, how much schooling do you have? Actually, I was homeschooled, but um, my education is kind of scattered, so I have the basic of the third grader. Okay. Do you know how to read and write okay and everything? Okay, good. Not to much spell very good, but I can read. Okay. How would you say your comprehension level is? Good. Good. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, you do have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to talk to your lawyer, have your lawyer present with you, or you're being questioned. If you cannot afford to hire a lawyer, one will be appointed to represent you before any question, if you wish. You can decide at any time to exercise these rights and not answer any questions or make any statements. Did you understand everything that I read you? Okay. Um, do you have a cell phone number? No. No, not at all. Did you have a home phone? Um, my mom's home okay. phone. What's that number? 417 833 8501. 8501. Okay. Uh, do, do you ever do anything on a computer? Do you ever play games or anything on a computer? Do you ever mess with a computer or anything like that? Um, I don't really have a computer, okay. no. Did, did you ever have a cell phone that you played around on or anything like that? No? Okay. No laptop or no. can't no, no, or anything? My mom didn't let me use one because she was like, it's unsafe. Oh, really? Yeah. Why did she feel like that was unsafe? Um, my mom tended to be overprotective. Okay. Did she? Um, it was interesting the way he read her her rights, but she doesn't seem perturbed. No, she doesn't because she is a very good liar, you know, and she she sort of sits there and takes it in, but she changes from this sweet little innocent smile to a, a deadpan look, like she almost sort of stops what she's doing because she had been sweet and cute and everything. She's been told her whole life that she's sweet and cute because she's a victim and she's, you know, a, a tragedy and every, everyone has felt sorry for her. We now have an officer who is starting this story um, and knows what has happened, knows that she's responsible, and so he's coming at this from a very different area. He is not like everyone else that has ever been around her who has been gentle and soft and, you know, trying to do everything nice for her because of this poor young girl, you know. But she has already said in just those few questions that she's already answered, said a million lies. Like she is, well, not obviously, you know, she, she said several lies in that. You know, she says that she doesn't go online. That's a lie. She <laughs> says she doesn't have a mobile phone. That's a lie. Uh-huh. And it's things like this that we're actually going to get to. And it just proves straight off the bat. It just proves how easy it is for her to lie. And no one would pick that up unless they actually knew. Well, for now, Detective Hancock, he kind of stalls for a moment but then goes to, I guess he sort of stutters along to get the conversation to where he needs it to be. Um, I want to tell you that that what I've got to talk to you about, um, if if you're involved in this, then you need to tell me that now. Okay. Okay. And let me let me talk for just a second, okay? But if you're involved in this, then you need to be honest with me. You need to tell me now, yes, and not wait till later. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. Okay. I want you to understand that, that there's just some things going on um, that you need to be made aware of, and I think that you're aware of. It, okay? okay. All right. Um, my my concern at this point. Um, let me let me back up with something. Um, 
You're, you're here. Do you know where you're at right now? Yes. Okay, where are you at right now? Um, I'm at the Waukesha Police Department. Okay. All right, and how did you, did you live in Missouri at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and how did you get from Missouri to here? Not but a week ago. Um, it was, um, I, well, it all started when um, I met my boyfriend, Nick. I know this is one of those interviews that is going to be extremely frustrating, especially when we compare it to it to Nick's um, interview, which we'll do a bit later. Um, but she's said so many lies, and then you know, oh, I'm a hundred percent honest person, and all of this. You know, he's he's just sort of laying the groundwork, and um, I want someone to tell me if rolling a snowball down the hill does do it like it does in the cartoons. I want to know if I've, I saw snow once <laughs> when I was nine, and I didn't get to roll a snowball down the hill. I'd love to know if that actually does happen like it does in in the cartoons. But anyway, I I digress. Um, He is trying to avoid saying what's going on to see if she slips up because he's like, you know, know, we're going to talk about the reason you're here and all of this, and she is not giving an inch. She is not saying... You know, oh, funnily enough, why? Why? What was I arrested twelve hours ago? Like, if someone walked into me and I'd been arrested, and I was innocent, the first thing I would say is, "Why the fuck am I here?" Yeah, 100%. you know. And then, where's my lawyer? People get a lawyer. Um, <sighs> you, none of these interviews have a lawyer in it. Has anyone noticed that? I um, know. It's yeah. You don't talk to police anyway. Um, it is interesting that she's just. Well, going let's not along give the this. serial killers advice. Let's give the let's not tell the serial killers they should get police because it makes the police <laughs> job make our, easier our, if they don't have a lawyer. And our podcasts get a lot shorter if they start <laughs> lawyering up. But anyway, it's it's just it's it's what happens. And the fact that she's been there for twelve hours and not said to anyone, Can someone ring my mum and tell her I'm here? Yeah. Like none of that has happened yeah. in all of these conversations. Very good point. Well, he does get to the reason on why he is talking to her. Uh, 
uh, your mom's dead. Okay. Now, what I want to ask you is, your, your mom's your mom's passed away. Okay, and she's deceased. All right. Now, what I want to ask you, did you have involvement in this? Okay. Hang on, hang on, listen to me for just a second, okay? I want you to understand something, okay? Um, <laughs> yep. So he obviously thinks she knows that the mum's yeah. dead because that is not the way you're going to break it to someone, is it? Uh, it's, it's, oh, it's by the way, your mum's dead and uh, I just need to know, da-da-da-da. But he ran that on a sentence because, like, she's been in custody for 12 hours at this point. She's not asked for her mum and she's, according to her, a severely disabled child, expecting that her mother to be there with her. She claims to be under 21, so she needs a, a parent or guardian there. None of, during any of this, did she ask for her mother to be there. They know that she knows that they know that she knows. You know, right. but um, but you know, first she laughs. Oh, ha ha! Yeah, know, that, tell that, me, that, that, tell me funny. about that moment because it's very short. But I yeah. want to dissect that moment when she reacts. It is so amazing because she there's an instant response that is very hard to to pick up, but there is a tiny gasp in there because she now has to do it the right way. So her first response is, oh, don't be stupid, which was the laugh. And mm-hmm. then she goes, no, wait, what? And that is her sort of um, doing like a, 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 a triage, basically. She's um, no a, a triumphant. She's um, gone from her first shock of, oh, my God, they know, to a, a laugh saying, oh, don't be silly, to a third of, wait, what? I don't understand what you're saying, you know. Then she actually sits back and she starts to cry and she's shaking her head, you know, as, as he goes, yeah, she, she's dead, you know. But he doesn't say how and she doesn't ask. Ah. Because remember, he says your mum's dead. That's a very good Not, point. You would ask. She's been killed. And- yeah. Did she have a heart? You know, there's all of those. He chose those words very carefully. Interesting. Let's see how Detective Hancock goes in this next session because he's obviously thinking the same, that she should ask about how the mum died. After going through some childlike analogies about lead, pencils and snowballs, he tells Gypsy she needs to tell the truth. What happened with your mum that night? Listen to me, okay, sweetheart? You know what happened to your mom, okay? You know exactly. I, I, sweetheart, I, I, listen to me. Let's let's not go down that road of taking your pencil and writing a bunch of mistakes down. And then when you get to a certain point, that paper's gone. And guess what? You can't erase it, can you? You can't erase it anymore. Do you want that? I don't think you do. I think you're smart enough to understand where we're at with this, okay? I think you know... Okay, and I know that you know. All right, I wouldn't be here if I didn't know, and I know the answer to a lot of these questions. Okay, I already know them. Okay, I know them, and I'm giving you a chance to be honest with me. Okay, because you don't want this thing to spiral out of control. Your your boyfriend's in here. Okay, he's here. He's he's in here. Okay. All right. And do you think that we've not talked to people? No, I. Listen to me before you say a whole lot. 
not dig yourself in a bunch of lies because what's going to happen? That snowball's going to get so huge, sweetheart, that it's going to explode on you and you're never, ever going to dig yourself out of it. Do you understand me? I understand. So I, I want to know, okay, why? 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 Why, why did you guys hurt your mom? I don't tell like I mean, geez, that guy loves an analogy, doesn't yeah. he? He's not yeah. letting go of the pencil and the snowball. But oh. <laughs> Gypsy said, I don't tell lies. And her whole life is a lie. She mm. she's she is a compulsive liar because that's the way she has been brought up. She has been told all of these lies. She has been made to believe it. I know there is the whole complexity of Munchausen's by proxy that she is threatened, she is traumatised, she is told you sit in that wheelchair and you don't get out of this wheelchair, all of this sort of stuff. In the in, in the films on, on the case, her mum tells her that she's um, lactose intolerant and then there's, then there's a whole scene where, where she goes to the kitchen and eats squirty cream and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But um, at any point she could have stood up. That's one thing. But that, again, is, is, is part of a massive complexity of a mm. Munchausen's case. Um, but at the same time, he actually said to her, why did you hurt your mum? And she didn't pick up on that. Mm. And when he said, your boyfriend's here, she changed her demeanour again. It's very, very short, but you can see that she now has a get-out-of-jail-free card. She knows that when it comes down to it, she's going to blame him. Mm. That she doesn't tell lies, she's a young girl. But, you know, we have talked about that her age is a lie. She knows to give out that whole story about Hurricane Katrina, all of that sort of stuff. But but she isn't picking, picking up on the cues that he is allowing her to um, to be shocked and say, oh, my God, who had my mum? She didn't pick up on that because she knows that it wasn't shocking to hear because it's already in, ingrained as part of her her long-term memory now. Yeah. So so she knows that that's happened. If if you were being in, interviewed, you didn't know what had happened to your mum and then someone said, why did you hurt her? Your response would say, oh, my God, what happened? You know, And that would be your response. But because she, she knows, it's not something that would shock her. Well, in a moment, we're going to hear from Nick, the boyfriend, as we hear his side of the story and Gypsy's side of the story. Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. We'll be right back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And Robin Robbo. 
It's the most talked about TV show that's not on TV. And I think you guys are amazing. With raw, honest opinions. This was not a mistake. This was a lie. Exclusive stories. Some industry insiders have been talking about this. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? And plenty of famous faces. I'm not wasting these gold moments on 60 Minutes. (laughs) The Ben Robin Robbo Show is the new way to stream your news. This is the stuff that headlines are made of. Live every Monday to Thursday at 1pm Australian Eastern Standard Time on Ticker TV or Facebook and Twitter at BRR Show. Watch live or on demand. It's the Ben, Rob and Rob, Ben, Rob and Rob, Ben, Rob and Rob, Show. Okay, Amanda, let's continue. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. I've got kids, I've been doing this for a long time. I know it's happening. And I want you to understand something. Don't do yourself out. Don't go down that path, okay? Just listen to me for a second. You go down that path, and what's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen if you go down that path? It's not a path to go down. I, I, this is a long I, way. I don't tell lies. Okay, then, then don't, don't sit here and lie to me because if you do, what's going to happen is it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You're not going to remember the ones that you've told other people, okay? The other people that I've probably already talked to. You understand that? I understand. Okay. Um, why? Why? Would you like to start from the beginning? I only want you to start from the beginning, but I want, we'll talk about that here in a minute. And I'm glad you're making that, that, that mm-hmm. progress, okay? I'm proud of you for that. But the first thing that we need to get out of, the, out of the way right now is why. That's the biggest thing. You have, you, you know, you've got friends. You've got friends that love you. Of course, and I, know. You. I know. You, and, you and your mom yes, have friends that care for you. I know. They're, you know what? They're down there, down the bottom of the hill with that snowball, mm-hmm. and they're they're asking all these questions. They're asking why. I know. I know. Now, help me give them an answer as to why. Okay. You have to give me an answer as to why, because they are so concerned about you. I know. Um, I have a lot of friends in Missouri. I know that. Okay. And um, I would never hurt my mom. Okay, sweetheart. Do you really want to dig yourself? You're, you're digging yourself deeper. Okay? No, seriously, I would never listen, hurt listen her. Listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. I don't, I don't play around with that, okay? I'm not going to play around with this, okay? Sir, I didn't Listen do anything. To me. Listen to me. Don't let that snowball get bigger because that's what you're doing right now, okay? You, you have a chance. You have the opportunity right here, right now. Because once I walk out that door and that opportunity's gone, guess what? It's gone. It's just like when that paper's taken away, when you're writing that pencil, you don't have a chance to erase that mistake, okay? You need to, in your family, in your friends, and you don't have very many family members, but you've got a lot of friends, and we've talked to them all, okay? And every one of them want to know why. That's all they want to know. They, they know they still love you. They still care about you. They, they Listen to me. Listen to me for just a second, okay? All they want to know is why, and I, and I have to give that to them because they can't sleep at night. Because they want to know why. That's all they want to know. Okay? That, that's all they're looking at. Sir, I have a million questions right now. Okay. And, you know what? And I'm proud of you for wanting to ask those million questions. And you know what? We can answer those. Okay? Okay. But we got to get down to the bottom of why. Okay. Okay? The why. And your, your friends mm-hmm. are very, very concerned about you. They all love you. 
But guess what? What? Those friends are standing at the bottom of that hill. I understand. And that, that snowball is getting ready to crush them because they but want to know what. I think I've things very, very clearly. You think that it's me? Why do you think that it's me? I have always loved my mom. My mom and I are best friends. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Please don't get yourself in this hole. And that's what you're doing. You're still doing it. Okay. <clears throat> Do you think? Do you not think that we've already talked to some people? Okay. Do you not think that we've talked to everybody? I mean, we, I'm not going to come in here with without having all my things in line. Okay. I want you to understand that. Of course, okay? I understand that. And we need to get to the why. When we get to the why, then all these other questions I can answer for you, and we can get move on with this. Okay. And you're you're the person that knows the why. You're the only person that knows the why. Okay. And, and that's where we're at with it. You're the only one that knows the why, and, you're, and your friends. Sir. Do you really want to disappoint your friends? No, of course not. Okay, then why? May I please speak? Well, when we get to the why this happened? I don't, I don't even really know what happened. It would be good if he allowed her to speak. Why is he so focused on why and not letting her speak? Surely if she speaks, she's going to stuff up. The more she speaks, there's an opportunity of a slip-up. The less she speaks and he does all the talking, she can keep thinking about her answers. Yeah, exactly. This is one of those interviews that is, <sighs> you just scream, shut up. <laughs> just, we've heard about the snowball. We've heard about the lead pencil. I actually took out so <laughs> much of this because it goes on and on and on. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're asking a question, but you're not letting her answer. You know, I have and- to say, Amanda, if I was in that interview room and he was going on about that lead pencil, if there was a lead pencil, I'd be stabbing it through his neck, you know. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Shut up about the lead pencil. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating. I'm and kidding, by the way, people. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they don't know why. And, yes, we're seeing this in hindsight. They know that she was in a wheelchair and doesn't need one. So they're aware that there is something hokey going on here. But this is her also her opportunity to come out as the victim. She could have spoken and said, this is why it happened. Yes, yes it's tough because then, then she is confessing to killing her mother in cold blood. But, you know, but we're dealing with a woman who's been told that she's a child. So for him to go at her like that, she's not going to be combative. I mean, she is trying to speak, you know, and she has been doing a performance like this her entire life, you know, but he needs to allow her to perform. He needs to let her get out her long embellished story about how amazing life is and how much she loves her mum and they went to Disneyland and stuff. They need to let her do this and he's not, you know, and it's just so incredible that he's just so cold and angry and going at him, you know, whereas Nick, go to John, gets a gentle female detective. Well, let's have a listen to that. This is the moment Nick Golderjohn's interview began. Compare the pair. Nicholas. That's what you're talking about. Hi. Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. 
You've been here a long time waiting for me to get here. Oh my gosh, I've ever been. I tried to get here as fast as I could. Are you tired? Uh, I stayed awake the entire time. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to talk to you, and I guess you said you wanted to talk to me. So, yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah, I'm on. All right, I'm sure you have a lot of questions. Yeah. You probably want to know what's going on with Gypsy. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to answer your questions for you. Did you get something to eat? Uh, no, they offered that to me. But you didn't eat? Uh, I ate something before that. Okay. What did you eat? Uh, uh, they're called ham sandwiches. I guess they uh, offer that with uh, mayonnaise as well. Oh. Do you like mayonnaise? Well, I don't like them with bologna, though, so she's not eating the mayonnaise, but... Not when I just have to long because I've been like so worried, sick about Gypsy. Okay, we're gonna talk about Gypsy. Yeah. We'll talk about Gypsy, okay? Okay. Um, because I know you got a lot of questions, and I want to answer your questions, and I want to talk to you, and um, see what's going on. Okay. Okay. Before I do, I'm gonna read you your Miranda rights. Have you ever been read your Miranda rights before? Uh, that sounds familiar. Sometimes they do it on TV, and but the way I do it's gonna be a little different than probably what you've seen on TV, but it's probably about the same. Okay. Talk about chalk and cheese. Why have they chosen these two styles, hard on Gypsy but soft on Nick? Well, in my script I wrote, I have no idea. <laughs> because <laughs> it has been something that it, it, it confuses me that they went this way because it would have been more important for Gypsy to talk to a female, I think, you know, totally opposite to what we saw with the Jodie Arias tapes is that she needed a man to talk to her, that I would have expected yes. them to to have this girl who appears to be God knows what age, um, mental deficiency. She actually said during one of these takes earlier that she has a third-grade level education, you know, so you would think that bringing in a maternal-like detective would have worked better, but they've actually now, gone the opposite point, way. Now, at this point, they didn't know she... Was a victim of Munchausen's by proxy, no, did they? No, but they did right. know that she could walk, even though there was a wheelchair. So they right. know that, that there's something something going on there. But at the same time, if they think that she has killed her mother in cold blood, bringing in a female might actually sort of become a trigger that will shut her, her down. So that's the only thing I can come with with why they did it this way. But um, for Nick, um, going softly, softly, it actually works. And, and he actually opens up quite quickly. And so it works for, for, for this side of, of the interview. But for Gypsy with, with, um, with Hancock, going so hard it just it, it went maybe they were trying the father figure approach well, and the mothering the father approach. figure yes but did, maybe yeah. they didn't but, think about that they no. just I, I i don't know either yeah, yeah. Um, it's just really confusing that it is so different if it was two cops going at one person like we saw in in, in the arise tapes i would get totally get it but doing these in interviews the way they have it's quite perplexing well maybe they just it's the different styles yeah. of each police officer. Yep. might be as simple as that. Hey, look, we've introduced Nick into the mix. Let's compare their confessions. First, we've got Gypsy. I don't, I don't even know what happened. I, I came here because my mother came out of my house. She and I were having relationship problems. Um, I guess she wanted me to stay with her girl forever. She didn't really like my boyfriend. Um, and she was like, pretty much, um, if you want to move to Wisconsin with him, fine, go. And I packed my stuff. Um, 
she basically wanted me out of the house before then because we kept on having arguments. But I'm not a violent person. I would never, ever hurt her. And, um, and a lot of our arguments stemmed from being with Nick. And so I just basically chose to come here. I gave him money to come here. And, um, and I said, can you please come pick me up? Because my mom's kicking out the house real soon. And that's when he asked his mom, can, can I stay with his mom and him and his stepdad and his little brother? His mom said, fine. So um, anyway, uh, I don't exactly know the exact date he came to Springfield, but I know that I gave him the money to stay at a hotel. And um, anyway, I let him know that. Okay. Okay. And now he's next. And then what happens? And then uh, I, I realize it's her. So I'm like, okay, I guess I open my door back up. And then I, because uh, apparently she uh, packed because she knew her mom was going to kick her out. Okay. And I had to bring all of her clothes and everything else back into my hotel room. So okay. this way she had somewhere to put it. Okay. Okay. So their stories are lining up. DD didn't like Nick and kicked Gypsy Rose out of the house and they were going back to Nick's home eventually, Amanda. Yeah, but did you notice that she says that she's not a violent person? I did that, notice that. Yeah. Now I Detective... saw the smile on your face too. <laughs> Detective Hancock had said that DD is dead. He did sort of allude very briefly, which she missed, saying um, that you were responsible, but he had definitely not said she'd been killed. So this is our first gotcha moment, as you like calling them. Yeah, it is. So this is what I love most. I love these slips that they don't even recognise that they've done it. But Hancock had chosen his words about her death so this can happen. Right. So let's go back and listen to how Hancock described DD's death. This is important. Um, your mom's dead, okay? Now, what I want to ask you Wait, okay. is your, your, mom's, your mom's passed away, okay? And she's deceased, all right? Yes, at no point did he say that she was murdered, but she's saying she's not a violent person. Mm-hmm. So she knows what's happened and, and, and this is those slips. This is why he needs to let her, her talk is because when she does, this is what we get out of it is these because she's not smart enough to, to, to play against him. He really just needs to let her talk. All right, let's say the detective had a plan here. Was yep. his plan to basically keep talking for the first part of this interrogation as a way of disarming her and confusing her? Because if she's gone into that room and come up with all the ideas of how she wants to present herself, does that then help him if he's confusing her and not giving her the chance to, you know, it's like those 911 calls we've heard where they just want to read it off a sheet of paper and mm-hmm. don't want any interruptions because they've set their narrative. Is this his way of destroying her thought process on the narrative? Well, yes and no. Yes, because it is. Because as we can see, he's going, why, 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 why? And she's going, will you please let me speak? Let me speak. And he's sort of going at her. Absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely part of it, except that he doesn't stop it. 
That's right. the only issue. This <laughs> okay. continues throughout the interview. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, he, he really railroads her into talking about basically that one hour, not the 23 years of abuse, not yeah. the relationship with Nick, none of the other stuff outside. He, he is focused on this part of the case, whereas the case is, you know, a million times bigger. Yeah, well, as we now know, of course, Hancock returns to the discussion of why. And Gypsy brings Nick into the picture and here she starts the blame game. I have, um, I do have a phone, but it doesn't call people. I just basically used it for Yahoo messaging app. And um, one of the people that had texted me, I had texted him that I was leaving home. And he texted me and um, he's like, are you okay? Um, people have been posting some stuff on Facebook and I asked him what post. And unfortunately the police came before I could even read what he was saying. So I guess he was trying to tell me something. Do you see that that's what your friends, all your friends are wondering why? Mm-hmm. Even that friend that you're talking about is wondering why? Mm-hmm. Interesting she doesn't even mention Nick by name. No, and the police officer doesn't either. He even just said, and that friend yeah. that you're talking about, you know, this is this is him seeing what she's going to do and she's distancing herself from him by not by not using his name. You know, she she is about to play the whole blame game and that this is all his doing and his and his plans, you know, and now she's already spoken now about this mobile phone that she's never used because she's never allowed to have one. Yes, it doesn't it doesn't ring out or something, but I don't believe that either. You know, but <laughs> she had a mobile phone that was actually given to her by a neighbour apparently. So, you know, it's just when she does talk, she's, you know, she's given herself enough rope. Mm. Well, let's listen to Nick talking about Gypsy. Do you want to... Um, do the right thing by Gypsy if you love her? No, the truth is I worship her. So I know you there's do. No way, there's no way I wouldn't do it on her. I know. I for her. I know you do. I believe you do. Now, this is certainly a very different aspect to this now, Amanda. This is going down a different path than what you expected. It is, and, you know, and we've seen all of the media interviews and the hype about Munchausen's, but this is why we focus on the police um, investigations and not the media beat-ups. This is where we get to that different side. You know, it may not be the truth and it may not be right, but we can see something different in these interrogations and they're actually about to split and go in very different directions. And, you know, Nick is absolutely... Um, in totally in love with Gypsy and he would do anything for her and literally says later that he would kill just for her and nobody else, that, that, that she is the one for him. And she's talking about, oh, and I had this friend that I was texting. Mm. Mm. Very, very different. Well, if you'd like to hear how these interviews go down in different parts, you'll have to join us for part two of this really insightful and fascinating uh, police interrogation of two people. And if you want early access, you better become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. New episodes go up there a week earlier than the free feed. Hey, we really appreciate your support. Go to patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. Amanda, 
I'm eager to get to next week. I can't wait. This is guys. really, this has hooked me in, I've got to tell you. And, guys, Robert is literally rubbing his hands together. I literally was. <laughs> <laughs> he is so embroiled in this already and it's going to go to a totally different place to what you think it's going to, guys. Don't believe the media. Don't believe the movies. We've got their voices here. Well, don't believe them, but believe the serial killer whisperer who'll be back next week to bring you the truth and nothing but the truth. We'll Absolutely. see you next week. <laughs> see you guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.